episode of tea and stuff this is a fortunate unfortunate reshoot uh this is my buddy ezra i'm sure many people are aware of who you are and that you're we're friends um we tried to do i think you were one of my very first podcast guests and uh we just had all sorts of technical issues on both sides and it was just it was our conversations i enjoy so much where it was like uh let's let's scrap it and redo because yeah. i think i think we could do much better um so welcome ezra i am Thank purposely you. wearing my uh well, yes guarding to the goose shoe shirt nice this is my first appearance wearing it so i figured it was i figured it was very appropriate yeah that's awesome so i mean what you're a lot of things you're uh, just a tea person through and through, you have helped source, uh, you do uh, education, and most recently you've been doing a lot of themed live sessions in in the regard of having very specific topics. Yeah. Um, what was the one you were, What's what have been some of the topics you've been exploring most recently? So, a lot of been a lot of them have been just scientific studies about tea, about various various things. Um, either it's climate change or area specific to certain teas or evolution of tea plants. But it seems as if I've moved a lot, sort of away from just doing reviews on tea and really getting into like just like really the science and I guess terroir a lot more. But yeah, a lot of science focus recently. Yeah, well, I mean, and one thing that you've been focused on for a while now, I think, honestly, probably one of the first things that started your whole like deep dive into sections of tea was uh, we're both big fans of Taiwanese Wulong. And yeah. we, I don't remember how we, I think just sort of you were reviewing teas and I was drinking teas and we were just comparing our notes with each other. And we were both noticing that certain at the time, it was very certain farms were presenting uh, dry notes and uh, uh, characteristics that uh, you have been investigating as being a result of, like you were saying, possibly uh, it, it is a growing problem that could be from uh, a multitude of, of, of issues. Like, what have you found with that? Yeah. So, yeah, I remember... I think you were the very first person I ended up talking to about this just because of your experience with Taiwanese oolongs. And I was like, you know what? A good person to ask this would be Jeff. Um, so it started off as um, Forrest from Zoong Tea. Um, he was like, hey, you know, I hope you like the Lishan that I sent. He's like, it's been a little dry in the last few years. And with him saying that, I was like, man, I wonder why it's been so dry the last few years. And with talking with you and other people in the community, like we slowly realized that it's climate factors, factors with actual farming, factors with certain bugs moving into the area. Um, but yeah, it sort of turned into this thing that started off really small and then slowly, slowly, slowly grew into this big sort of investigation that was like, yeah, I wonder why this is happening. Um, but yeah, it, it's been interesting trying to find out why uh, 
the dryness factor is happening with leash on teeds. Um, but I think with talking with you, yeah, we were able to really narrow it down. I mean, like you said, it's not necessarily like, like, uh, leash on isn't the only place where it's, where, you know, you've noticed things like that, but it's, it is kind of, it has become clear that leash on seems to be a specific area that really is being affected. Uh, or the character of the T is being affected by these different elements. Right, right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something, man. It's always a good, it's always good to go and do a super deep dive into things like that. Cause like you said, I mean, you can have your ideas. I have my ideas, but then there's a million other people out there with experience and knowledge that have a, have their own two cents to add. And it really ends up doing it never really fully answers the question but it it keeps the conversation going which yeah. i think is the the point yeah and it's been like gosh i think we've been ongoing with this for like the last year and a half two years almost now at this point um yeah but the points that you brought up were really really good um i think you're the one who brought up the fact that um farming practices might be a really big thing um and another thing that was mentioned was the fact that with the recent rise in quality of life in China and the Chinese middle class, people mm -hmm. want better, want better teas. And I think, Andrew, I can't remember who mentioned it, but they're like Chinese, you know, the middle class is really demands better tea. And you can see that happening with Taiwanese farmers being like, we need to get this tea to market as fast as possible. So they're rushing the process a little bit. Yeah, that was that was one of my initial thoughts when we when I really really sat down and thought about it because it was you can you can have good leaves, but if you rush the production, um, you can still get a a tea in the end that isn't isn't you know where you want it to be. Right. The other topic you recently have been doing a deep dive on that's really interesting is about sourcing and about uh sourcing as it comes to the sources and yes as a vendor as a vendor or a sourcer uh at what point do you should you be sharing your resources and kind of at what point should or for what reasons can some people have for not sharing resources yeah um and I know I gave you my input and I know how I feel about it, but what after you doing, I think you've done two lives or three lives now about it. Uh, two so far, two so far. So yeah. from the two, uh, what have you, what have you gathered? So, you know, I think actually your viewpoint, you and a lot of people DM me about it, but I think when I initially approached you about it, I think I looked at it as a very, I think I, going into it, I was very naive. And after you talked to me and you were like, hey, like, I think you really need to view it from this aspect. It really helped me one, formulate questions that I wanted to ask other people. Um, but it really gave me a good solid foundation to be like, it's not so black and white to be like, why are people not sharing sources? There's a lot to it. Um, and sort of exploring what it would look like if it was, because the thing about, um, you know, like you said, Chinese farmers and the whole very much solid cultural practice that's been established there for many, many years mm -hmm. as a, I guess, with how the American tea culture 
is, and you know, our community, our very niche community is very, um, you know, very open and we talk a lot. Um, that aspect is not necessarily what the rest of the world sees. And I think going into it, I didn't realize that. And it was really nice getting everybody's viewpoints on it because, you know, ultimately we would love a world where people are open to sharing sources and, you know, being, um, I'd say more transparent about, or not even transparent, I'd say more comfortable doing that, but with how mm -hmm. the environment is and, you know, um, this very solid cultural balance of having a solid relationship with tea sources and the fact that you said, you're like, sometimes people don't even want to give out their information, you know? Yeah. We had a, uh, I had a Dahong Pao, uh, like foo, like four or five years ago and it obviously wasn't like mother tree mother tree but it was very sacred garden yeah. and uh i was getting all the information when i was putting it on my site and i was asking for the farm details and they were like uh -uh. they're like we don't we we really we choose we are glad that people are drinking and loving our tea and want to know you know where exactly the the farm of the tea they're drinking is located but they were like uh, say then somebody somebody could see that especially if they're older trees people are more apt to do things like you know try to steal um clippings yeah or, there's, there's just so much it's not necessarily like saying that like you should always be like everyone's trying to screw me over but unfortunately with any industry um there is some some trade-off and that was one thing i know i shared with you and was something that happened super early to me and i'm sure that this isn't i'm sure this isn't regular occurrence but i was just getting started uh, i was getting known as the taiwanese oolong guy and uh we were coming up to spring for getting ready for the store so i started yeah. compiling my order and I placed my, I gave my order to my Taiwanese, my only Taiwanese producer at that time. And the producer said that uh, due to a deal they made, um, we would no longer be able to work together. That if I was to want to, to continue carrying their tea, that I would have to go through this one person. Yeah. Um, and the sad part was that that instance destroyed their a relationship I was very fond of and I thought that it had built been built to a very sincere level and then all it took was somebody to see that I was selling their tea very successfully and uh, they went over to Taiwan had a meeting with them and signed a deal uh, cutting me out uh, from the producer so mm -hmm. and after sort of pleading with the producer just sort of like I don't think you understand like it's not that I don't want to buy your tea I, I want to buy the tea from yeah. you like that's my whole and they're like sorry we this deal you cuts you out so it was uh it was something that shook me to I honestly was very afraid we were going to close soon after that and very well may have uh if somebody didn't step in some wonderful person in the tea community uh heard what was going on and reached out and connected me to one of our best producers yeah. that we work with today. So it, it, in the end, it, silver lining ended up being a, a beautiful story. But 
I I would be lying if I said that I don't still hold some reserve, uh, or rather, you know, I'm fearful of that situation happening happening mm-hmm. again, which so is understandable. Yeah, so it's it's tough. It's but it's uh, the after talking with you about it, it made me reevaluate, just relook at everything that I do. And I sort of was like, I remember I ended it with you as I was just like, in the future, I, I, I hope I can feel comfortable again to, to, to say, uh, this is this farmer. Uh, they're very proud to work with me. And, you know, I want to share a bit of their story with you. Yeah. I, tr- I truly hope I can, in, an, in the near future, get to a point where I'm more comfortable doing stuff like that. I'm on the cusp. And since talking with you, it really has given me this nice little push to just reevaluate that stuff. You know, I've seen certain places where I think even at this point, it's okay to start letting the guard down a little bit. So it was a, at first when I heard the discussion topic, I was like, Ooh, I was like, that could get saucy. (laughs) But then after talking with you for a little bit and doing a back and forth, it was like, Oh, neither of us are wrong neither of us are right it's like but it it took both of us it took just our conversation with each other to reevaluate each of our sides of it yeah i agree um and that's why i really liked your viewpoint because it came from this place that was very much experience-based you know you had you were very honest and you had very good reason why you're like hey like this is why i do certain things the way i do um and it really helped me like I said, it really helped me to formulate proper questions to be like, okay, well, what does honesty look like when it comes yeah. to this? And you brought up a good point to where you're like, I believe there is a gray area, but people really need to sort of explore this environment a little bit and establish that trust level. Yeah. 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 It's so I, I, I think it, I think it's a fantastic, so I'm giving you praise. I'm giving you praise not only for the topic, but I really love the form that your live sessions have taken because I appreciate not it. only do they have a theme, but I, I, honest to God, you pick some really good ones that just aren't topics that are, you know, really necessarily Thank being you. brought up. So it's, it's super, super cool to not only be friends with you, but to see, uh, see you continue to put out stuff that makes, you know, even, you know, me, uh, a seasoned tea person, I look at it and I go, Oh, maybe I should reevaluate that. Like, so. Yeah. I, man, I really appreciate that, especially coming from you with your level of experience and what you've done in the community. So no, I, I, that's very nice of you to say. So what are the next steps for Ezra? What are um, you, what are you working on now? Definitely going to seriously ramp stuff up for 2022. Um, I'm looking into like, so I'm going to start, try and start my own tea company, just small releases. Um, it's potion. Yeah. Potion rabbit tea company. So by the summer I was supposed to, I really wanted to get everything together by October. Um, but it was kind of nice to sort of like reevaluate and be like, okay, let me pull back a little bit and get a little bit more information about certain teas that I might want to get in. So I'm hoping by summer 2022, maybe June, July, I will have everything. 
I will, yeah. So hopefully you have everything Fair. set. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. That's exciting, man. Have you, um, do you have a, like, do you think your store has a, is, is creating a theme yet? Or is there like a, is there a specific area of tea you're trying to tackle or just quality tea? Just quality tea. I definitely, you know, um, I definitely want a, a little bit more of a focus on oolong and, and poor, you know, just like a, a lot of people do, but exploring white tea a lot. Um, I know just getting really good quality teas and maybe some stuff that people haven't seen before. Um, yeah. But I'd say the theme would kind of be very similar to like what my edits are, like sort of edgy. It's like um, just a lot of like junk edits and sort of like that aesthetic with pop, it. Kind of like, sort of like a pop art sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So that's, oh, that's fantastic, man. I didn't Thanks. know that. I mean, uh, I wouldn't, it, 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 it's somewhat obvious to someone who's known you to see that it's slightly been building up to this, Yeah, but it's beautiful that uh, it is building up. Cause I know that was one thing when we were talking about uh, the, the live session topic is you were like, well, what is someone supposed to, you know, supposed to do if they decide they want to start a tea company? And I, I thought about that for a second and I was just, my response, I still kind of stand by. And I was just like, well, if the person is, isn't willing to, trudge through some stuff to find sources to make stuff happen then like sometimes in my eye i look at that as does that person really need to start a tea company right right and i'm not like crapping on people's dreams but it's just it's sort of like making the decision not even tea just making the decision to like start a business or to like you should do research like and it doesn't mean you like open up a bunch of business books and learn all about it, it just like what I did here, I just would serve tea. I'd have people come that locally that were interested and I would just watch and I'd observe and I'd see what worked, what didn't work. Yeah. They like this. They don't like this. When I, when I come at it this way, they don't understand. So if I come at it and you know, I don't have an, in, I have no intention of opening up a brick and mortar at this point, but if I were, I'd be in a dis decent position because yeah. I, I've really, I never, never rushed anything like you. I, you, you didn't wake up and just say, ah, I'm, I'm going to start a tea business. now." <laughs> it was right. just like you said, you got so entrenched in the, in the community and the industry that you were like, no, just like me. You were like, I have a, I have a place here. It grew into that. It wasn't just a, uh, you just woke up and decided to start a tea company. Cause there's a lot of people that do that. Um, and some of them find success, but I, in my experience, most of them don't yeah. like most people that just wake up one day or they just throw a bunch of money, uh, uh at a website, open it up and just offer large. And that's a T it's like, I've seen a lot of those crumble and fail. And I think it's the reason those do a lot is because they don't do the research. Like, and even the research just in terms of not only what teas to carry, but you're doing so much research yourself that's furthering, always furthering your education. Yeah. I think that is a 100% necessity in this business. Just like as a photographer has to stay up on the new technology, the new lenses, the new equipment. That's tea people have to do the same. 
Right. And with the, like, just since the four, like this, this frontier of tea research is still relatively new. It's like, it's only 20 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. So with all these studies coming out, it's just like, there's so much information coming out all the time that it's like, um, yeah, I just want to keep up with it. Just, just not only to stay relevant, but with so many changes happening, it's just good to know, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Like just seeing what everybody was, because it's a very, it was sort of like a hard decision to be like, I think I want to do a tea company because I know how much good tea is out there and how mm-hmm. unique like your business model is, as opposed to like white to tea and Cora, like all these great companies that have all these really awesome aesthetics. They have great tea. Their contracting and sourcing is amazing. And with that, I was like, man, like I really want to do my research um, because, you know, not really just being out there. Um, yeah, it's just hard to stay sort of unique. And, you know, like you said, people open up a tea business and they're like, yeah, I want to sell tea. And, uh, you know, nothing really comes of it. Well, it's like, it goes, like, it goes into like, again, how much work you do. Like you can, anyone can say, this is a Taiwanese oolong. It comes from Ali San. Like anybody can say that, but it takes someone of more skill to look at that and say, uh, you know, this is a Taiwanese oolong, Ali San. Um, you know, it's a really popular mountain. A lot of, a lot of teas are made there and you just, you have, because you've done research into other areas of things, you have little bits of knowledge that aren't the straight, this is a new long, this is the definition, right. period. Right. You have a yeah. lot of uh, good points that you can bring in to bring in, to bring conversation and, and to intrigue people. Um, are you looking to source other places or, I mean, I know it's early for you, but are you looking to like, sell your tea to like cafes and stuff like that and yourself is online or are you eventually going to try to do sort of your own brick and mortar deal or is it up in the air as far as brick and mortar that's sort of up in the air um just because like with doing build outs for phoenix coffee and stuff like like just licensing and stuff it it's 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 something I definitely want to do, but I really want to take it slow to make sure I do everything correctly if I were to. Um, yeah. But as far as like getting into cafes, I would love to do that. But for now, I think just online sales. Yeah, just online and getting it going. It would be, but it would be awesome to do wholesale for cafes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, ever since uh, my, the newspaper article coming out about me. Oh my, I've been getting- Yeah, uh, congratulations. My, my Thank you. My phone has been blowing up. Um, and uh, there's, uh, without giving too much away, there's a few places that have contacted me since that are just, if it works out, it'll just be a, a really phenomenal fit. Um, yeah. Not, not only for helping carry my product, but also uh, could help me get education uh, back up and going. So super, super exciting stuff. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, it was, and it's, it was also really beautiful to see local interest. Um, I've been here, uh, if anyone local has reached out and they've wanted to meet up for tea, I've met up, I've met up for tea and, and that stuff, but, but I've been really an international business. I haven't really, local wasn't my initial time investment. So I can understand why local didn't get behind me yeah. earlier. But um, it's 
pretty cool to see some people just sort of saw that article, which I really appreciated how it was written because it didn't, it wasn't just like sales. It's not like, oh, he, he does this amount of tea. He's a, he's, everyone carries his tea. Like it was more so like, look at this guy who's trying to do this cool thing. And it was like, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was almost, it was almost like a dream when they contacted me. We're like, hey, we want to write a story, but you know, journalism can go many directions. <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> and like, and like, they could write it one way and have the best intention, but as the reader, you could read it and not feel like it represented you well. But I was very comfortable with how it, how it was represented. So it, it really made me uh, happy. Yeah. I mean, with that said, like the the American tea, the American tea, I'd say like culture is very much still in its infancy almost. And it's really awesome that, well, like the work that you're doing locally and internationally, like people can see that and they're like, there's a guy in upstate New York who's doing amazing things with Oolong and like all these other people in our country that are doing just amazing stuff for the tea. You're good. Okay. To like really really establish like what you know what sort of like we want for this culture but yeah yeah i was talking with um yao yao i'm not sure if you're familiar with her yeah oh my gosh her and for <laughs> like her videos and like her level of knowledge are just like amazing yeah yeah she's i had i had a long talk with her this morning we were talking about a lot of that stuff we were talking about American tea culture and uh, what are some things we're doing right? What are some things we could improve upon and stuff? But I was, I was, I was resting her sure that I think that uh, our direction is is going in a in a in the right way yeah. for tea. Um, Gong Fu will never be in every American home, nor would you really want it to be. But I have a, I think after COVID, people are at least what I'm seeing is. Is it people want to, if they're spending their money, they want to spend it on something that's worthy of it. Right. Um, if they're buying a tea, uh, people are, I'm seeing, are becoming less likely to lean towards the sugary flavored stuff. And they're starting to lean a little more towards the clean and crisp and natural. Yeah. Um, so for a while, blends and, and you know, just adding flavoring was was almost the way we were headed with our tea industry but i i don't know i feel like it's very slightly shifting to just people are being more conscious of the quality of what they're putting in their body yeah you're absolutely right actually i think the one of the lives i did was new upcoming american tea trends from like 2022 mm -hmm. to 2026 and it specifically talks about stuff that happened during covid lockdown and you brought up two really good points. People, uh, tea, as far as people drinking it, became an everyday thing in American households more and more. We also became the third largest consumer of tea in the world. And people, while they were at home, they were like, we want to spend money on better quality tea. And those are the three major trends. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of new customers uh, throughout the pandemic. And a lot of them came from a realm where they were already drinking tea. Yeah. You can just see that that, that little tiny shift happened where they were like, you know, I like what I've been drinking, but I do see that there is this, there's this another level of tea 
and they're they're starting to tiptoe into that yeah and that's awesome i think it's I, I think it's a really really nice thing and then on top of just drinking you know better beverages and stuff that's good for you the a lot of people are getting behind the communal aspect too which is awesome yeah like a lot of people starting their own tea circles and meetups and all the work that marco's doing yeah chicago like holy crap i get so happy when i see them meeting at i think living water is one of the places they met up and yes it's just incredible to see so many people just pouring tea sipping tea uh as a community as just people coming together that have a shared interest and having a good time which is not happening everywhere but it's what i think it's what most people need right now so yeah for sure i agree what's the what's the kind of have you had any do you have any tea shops that are near you that you can go to for for not necessarily gong fu but like do you have places you can go and get good tea so actually where i'm filming at right now wall street coffee company they have they have pretty good tea here yeah they have pretty good tea solid um solid so aside from that there's another there's another place in ashtabula harbor that sells pretty good tea but aside from that you have to go into cleveland where we have one place that does do gong fucha service and then two sort of like west east sort of blended culture um, how far shops how far away is that from you I'd say if I go to Cleveland, it's probably like 45 minutes away. So, I mean, it's nice because I'm always going into the city and, you know, that's why I work. So, yeah, but we have a pretty vibrant tea community here. It's, um, it's slowly starting to get back to what it was, you know, pre-COVID um, to where people were like really attending tea classes and getting into Gong Fu and just better tea practices in general. But it's good to see that they're still going strong and trying to reestablish things. Yeah. we our stuff i mean we our tea culture wasn't strong to begin with but it got massively derailed uh by covid and uh it's something that once it it'll be stagnant until it gets started back up so technically i'm sitting here complaining about how it's stagnant but if there weren't covid all it would really take is me to just go okay we're just gonna start doing classes again right Right. So like I'm my own, I'm the biggest thing in my way, usually when it, when it comes to that stuff. You know, I think I am too in certain ways because like, I'm like, Ooh, is it okay to do classes right now? Like, should I even ask people? So that's where I'm kind of at. I really want to start up again too. Yeah. We were, I was so getting ready for in-person events again. And then this article comes out and these places are contacting me and they're like, Hey, so uh, here you're looking for a place to do meetups. And it's like, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden my, my wife calls me this morning who works in hospital administration. And she, she calls me and goes, yeah, we had a meeting this morning. Stuff's starting to get complicated. Uh, it's like, no, no, like, like right when we were supposed to yeah. go again. <laughs> yeah. Like right when I was getting finally like, okay, let's just start having events again. And if people are comfortable, they can come. If not, then not, but it, I'm not even for myself. I'm not gonna throw myself in with a bunch of people tasting cups and I'll be, I'll be cleaning those cups. So I'm going to touch other people's germs it's like right now when it's 
let's say the height or ramping up of the flu season and COVID season. Yeah. It's just, and, and once the hospitals are going, yeah, stuff's starting to get a little tight. It's just, it's not even bad, like manner at that point. It's just like, what's the point? I mean, right. and then say I hold the class and let's say I can get like three or four people to come say one of those people gets sick. Right. Like, I would, even if they, I would feel so responsible that I, I don't know what I would, how I would move on from that. Because if I got somebody like really sick because I just was too giddy to start up a tea group, I, I would feel very responsible. Um, yeah. I, yeah and with same the, here. Same here. With that looming over my head, it's like, just got to wait until stuff starts to level out again. Yeah. And that's the thing with like, so I'm trying to do small tastings too. Um, and even with people being fully vaccinated, it's still really tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can still get it. You can still get sick and it's yeah. so randomized that you can't even like be like, oh, well, if you're a person with pre-existing conditions, you probably shouldn't come. It's not just that it's, it's, it's so randomized that. Yeah. That's, and that's why I think you just give it uh, like a month or two. And even if it doesn't, like, obviously it's not going to go away, but people will get like semi desensitized to it and they'll start to be like, they'll be way more apt to go out and do things again. And that's when I would assume that that's when it'll be possible to start looking into doing tea groups. But if you're doing yeah. like, I feel if you're doing, cause I still do like private, private tastings. Like yeah. if somebody calls me up and they're like, Hey, could, could we fi figure out a way to do gong fu? Yeah. Like come over here. It, it's fine. Like if it's one or two people, uh, I can control that. Right. But right. when it's multiple parties of people coming from different households that they don't know each other, that it's like, then you're bringing in outside possible dangers to, to people. It's like, it just makes it so much more tricky. So if you're doing a tasting with like a group of people that are a, like they're a group of friends or something like that, it's so much easier to agree to do that than if it was like two groups of two people, because right. the, now you're mixing points of contact and the more points of contact you have statistically, you're more likely to have it and spread it and all that good stuff. So yeah. It's, utterly frustrating yeah um, the environment's weird out here still and i was so i was i was getting to a point really where i was like almost not like done talking about covid but like it was so nice that it wasn't the first thing that you talked about for a while right and then all of a sudden like the past like two or three weeks it's just everything's going back to that and it's yeah like, if it's important, it's important. But if we're just like kind of looming on stuff, it's <sighs> yeah, it gets it's, tough. It's it's very tricky, and I don't like doing. Uh, I mean, the podcast is different, but I hate doing. I never did Zoom classes. I never did. I just tea has always been a person to person connection for me, like yeah. a face to face, and that's how I've learned to unlock people and really get into what they like and how to show them good tea. I, I'm not, I'm not that good at it over zoom. 
like maybe other people are, but uh, Zoom classes, I just don't think will be a thing for me. Well, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like that sort of intimate interaction with people to be like, you know, seeing their face and exchanging cups with them. And it's, it's hard to get away from that, especially that's what we've all sort of been used to. It's nice to see that when all this sort of happened, the tea community did a really good job of jumping on social media and really like ramping stuff up amongst each other. And I think we really grew from that, but yeah, nothing will ever sort of I guess, feel the same way as like person to person. It's just yeah. different. And there's, and then you got, then, so there's COVID, which is its whole problem, but yeah. then there's, now we also have the problem of fallout from the first rounds of COVID. So we have people that maybe um, mental health wise did okay through most of it, but now there, there's a lot of people that we're doing fine psychologically through the most of the pandemic. Yeah. But they're now there's now is when they're really feeling it like, and it's, it's, so it's a, it's a double whammy because you yeah. have the stuff that's new and the stuff that's currently going on. And then you have people that are having rippling effects mentally and physically from the first two rounds. Yeah. First two years of it. So it's like, and then there's just like, there's, you know, there's the mistrust in news and there's, you feel so bad. That's why I think it was so important for people in the tea community to jump on it and to provide a place for people to go is because there really weren't any safe spaces. Like everything you had to question or, but with tea people, like for the majority, I mean, we're, I mean, we're very honest. I mean, you can very yeah. tell in how we talk. And when we hold a live session, we're not holding a live session so we can all get rabid about something. It really was so like, uh, okay, you guys, you guys want to sit down and have some tea too? Cool. Let's, let's all, let's all have a cup of tea together. Yeah. And just everybody... Rather than like hating on, oh, I, I hate this and politics. And it's like, ah, uh, like easy. Like it's all, <laughs> there, there were some people that, that definitely got pretty rabid uh, during the whole uh the past two years but now i think you're still seeing trickling effects and then there's like i felt bad for my buddy phil who uh did the last podcast with who he um ha he had to enforce the masks he's in halifax canada and he was met with just just people protesting out front and it's like you know hating on him as a business owner and it's like he was telling me the one for one infraction for them, it's almost like $8,000. No, it's not even worth the risk. Like, I know. And so people don't like, realize that. And so they're, they're sitting here like kind of shitting on him and like, like he's being this like dictator authority. I'm like, dude, do you know what he gets fined? If one of you isn't wearing a mask, right? Like I'd be crazy too. I'd be, I would be at the door because it's not even like I, I'm trying to uphold the mask thing. I'm just trying to like not get in trouble and keep my business operating. Right. Cause and eight grand's not $8. That's eight fucking grand. Like <laughs> and it was wild to see so many people that like that whole thing just went right over their head. Yeah. It's just like, Ooh. Yeah, they don't it's, see it like that. They don't see it as an individual, your individual business owner who has overhead and cost and has to make a living. And eight grand is like, that's, 
huge. Like that's huge. <laughs> that brings that brings up another point. I know a couple of tea businesses that got some serious flack this year for not doing uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales. Whoa. Okay. Dude, I know some people that got some, <laughs> I know some people that got some like tongue lashings about like, this has been a hard year for everyone. And you know, we, like I've waited to stock up and, you know, really disappointed to see there's no sale. And it's like, well, do you know why there's no sale? It's cause like no one can take that hit right now. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like it's not that they don't want to, it's literally that they can't. Um, and yeah, some people got some, got some angry messages. Uh, that's nuts. So, not me, <laughs> not me. I just Thankfully. had, I just had people that more so like a, a few days before they were like, Hey, uh, so any sale coming up? And I'd be like, no, sorry. <laughs> like right. probably, probably post holiday, we'll do something small, just like a, Hey, if you got some money for the holidays and you want to spend it, go for it. But, um, yeah, dude sales and I'm, you know, I know my finances and I know that it, what it would have done to me, but I mean, you look at some of the bigger businesses too. I mean, they, they, not many people were offering sales. I was impressed that Mayleaf did. Um, right. Especially with them being in the UK and th that being a whole nother set of problems for shipping and oh yeah, taxes and holy crap. That's and then that's another place with COVID. I mean, dude, they just keep getting locked, sh shut down. Yeah, yeah, all the time they're getting locked down. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like I don't know how they're doing it. Like, how does any business? How even if you have online sales, it's like, yeah, unbelievably hard. I so I, it it it's not easy here either. But from what I know from vendors I've talked about in like Canada, the UK, honestly in the US, we've probably us US vendors probably have had the easiest time. Yeah. Like I'd have dude with between lockdowns being shorter and having less restrictions. Um, we we the only thing we were hurt by was just single sales, just people not having money. Um, yeah when the pandemic checks were coming in, I think we all saw it. <laughs> I mean, uh, trust me, because I would turn to Mayleaf or my friend Ting or all these all these pe wonderful people that I know that own tea businesses. And I'm like, hey, uh, how you doing? And they'd be like, I'm doing great. Sales <laughs> are through the roof. Like everyone's tuning in. Everybody like, it was this really, really great thing. But then uh, once those checks started, started drying up you saw the the not er, luckily everybody didn't abandon ship but you saw a lot of people just have to strict in their fine strict up their finances right right stuff. so the party was over a little bit for some people but yeah definitely bought a lot of tea myself during that time so i could definitely say that i can see how that'd be very prevalent yeah because man people were like just seeing what was happening on Instagram and like Facebook. Yeah. People are going nuts buying tea and that's awesome. Well, like you, it, it, it was a really weird booster for, for better quality tea. Yeah. The pandemic and the more so the quarantine, like you said, people that were 
they had to be at home every day. They, they were working from home. So when they wanted their daily cup of tea, they didn't have to just throw it in a giant mug. Like they had the time to take out their tea table and, you know, take out their guy Juan and do that while they're doing work at the computer. Yeah. And then it just got them. It got a lot of people that I knew fell out of the ritual of doing Gong Fu. They were super happy for the quarantine because it got them back into the practice of, of doing Gong Fu on a regular basis. Yeah. Which is, which is the true kind of health benefit of tea is just to have that, have it daily. Yeah. And especially going through that ritual of taking time to heat everything and set everything up. And no, it was really nice to see. And it was also really nice to see like how much we all really mobilized during that time. And we're like looking out for each other and just checking in all the time. The support that, so like, obviously like people like me or Maylee for people that are really present, like we were present more, but right. there were people I mean, geez, you signed on to Instagram at any time and there was like four different live sessions going on. Yeah. And you'd go into them and there's people in all of them. There's there there weren't there wasn't like a dead room. Like no. it was just this so it was it was just it was uh I think that's a real, real testament as to how wonderful the tea community is, is to show how immediately supportive we came became of each other without without having to spread that message right right it was just very organic and i loved how like it's sort of with everybody doing lives sort of everybody kind of made their established time so it was like the ttv network for a little bit it was great (laughs) oh my gosh dude t curious and all of her yes uh, experiments holy crap i mean that girl took a deep i mean a deep dive like she i was it was so fun checking in on her account each week just seeing what experiments she was doing and what going into her live sessions and seeing what the conversation was around it it was like uh it was there and there were a lot of people that were doing stuff like that oh yeah and I think oh, yeah. that actually probably helped propel people's education with this type of tea too, because there were people teaching all day. Yeah, everybody was doing seminars and educational videos, and yeah, Tea Curious is like really ramped up her content. It was like really awesome, just the and amount of information. Yeah, and then there's fun people like uh, Nicole Tea for Me Please and Cody the Oolong Drunk, who yeah. they like. <laughs> Uh, Nicole was doing her husband tea torture, which was a really successful, really fun video series that I believe she is still working on. Um, I think so. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really crazy to see how everybody's kind of flourished slash adapted to everything. Um, but I, uh, I feel greatly for the tea businesses that haven't been able to go sourcing like yeah. think uh, like i've all this is the way i've always sourced tea was through the internet and through connections but uh a lot of these a lot of these folks a lot of the really reputable tea businesses they every year they take a their pilgrimage out to the japan or taiwan or china and they do the sourcing and they check in with farmers and they visit new ones and uh 
no one's been able to do that in two years. Yeah, it's tough. And it's kind of, it's, it's really wild. Um, I still don't know anybody who's gone to source. No, aside from people who are actually there right now, living there, like Paul from like white to I don't know anybody who did, who's doing it. I, I know people that I've seen a lot of people I know that have traveled around in the past two years a lot. I've seen no one go to uh, anywhere in Asia. Yeah. And I mean, there's, but what do you do? What do you You're do, right. man? Where, right. where do you, where do you go from here? I'm so lucky that I was able to keep my sanity and I found outlets for my creativity and for my, you know, tea outreach and stuff like that. Um, and it's really helped. I mean, I was on a good path before the, the pandemic, but I almost appreciate and like the path I'm on now a little more so. Yeah. Like I, I, like you said, it, it, you were ready to go, but all of a sudden you were like, oh, I have extra time. So I'll take extra time with this. I'll look into it. I won't just rush it. Or instead of just uh, hurrying up and releasing a bunch of things, like, why don't I sit back and make sure it's really what I want to be doing? Yeah. Man, could I, I could, cause I could have released some, in October, but it was just something that I was like, man, you know what? I can do a better job at this right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what we need. We need, you need tea companies. If they're, if, if let's say, if there's going to be a new tea company, you need ones that are, that are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You really do. So, <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really was hoping we were going to, we were going to get to meet prior to COVID. It was so right. close. Right. Um, and it's, it's, I was hoping that 2021 was going to be a year of travel. Um, but, you know, I guess here's looking to 2022 and really hoping that there's some interesting stuff that, that comes yeah. from that. Yeah. <sighs> so what else, man? What else is new? I mean, starting a business, that's big. Uh, you've been doing your live sessions. That's fantastic. Anything else kind of personally going on in your life or anything um, as long as you're not in a like a headspace of like franticness or like panic i feel like you're doing like really good right now like i know people like everybody's got problems and everybody feels like you know they're barely making it through right now but i feel like a lot of people don't realize actually strangely how well they're doing right now considering yeah. everything that's kind of stacked up against everybody that's true um, yeah things could give, be a lot worse yeah <laughs> and a lot of people deserve a lot of credit um not just the tea vendors all the the people that have just led a lended a hand or a ear to other people um mental health obviously is something that coincides with the tea community quite a bit um yes so so that, that that could have gone very very awry during everything but luckily there were enough people that were putting positive influence out there uh to kind of like you turn that community well not turn it keep it supportive right right i've even started seeing which i really appreciate 
and I, I know, I know for a fact is going to continue into the next year is a lot of tea businesses are now openly support supporting other tea businesses. Yeah. With talking about sources and stuff, it's, it's kind of along the same page is that I get that, you know, you need sales, you're a business, but just because you promote someone else doesn't mean that somebody's not going to buy from you or that if somebody buys from them and not from you, that that's a lost sale for you. It's why can't it be seen as a gain sale for them? Right. Absolutely. No, you're, you're really, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's just been, uh, I really, I've, I, that's, that's always been my thing. Like when I started the, my tea company, I reached out to people that I was really close to that I was buying tea from. And I was just like, Hey, I'm starting a tea business. I just want you to know right off the bat that it's, I'm not aiming to be, uh, um, I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to compete with you. Like I'm not, it's like, I just, I, I have these resources. Uh, people are encouraging me to use them. Yeah, I'm gonna. Absolutely. And I think that it's sort of um, kind of helped builds that sort of organic relationship that people who sourced here are very much used to, you know what I mean? It still keeps that trust level in a good spot. Um, and that's actually one thing that I thought about, like, with sourcing, like, with that level of trust, like, say two people have the same source, and they're like, hey, well, why don't like, I contract this set of teas, you can contract this set. So we don't have the same stock. And then next year we can flip and like, you know, just building that relationship that way. Yeah. I've also been talking with a bunch of uh, other businesses about just doing more tea swaps business to business. Yeah. Like, I think it's not only smart, but it's a, it's a good thing to do to know what type of teas out there, what the quality is, um what people are are going for like and that's not necessarily to like so you can one up the person against you but it's just it's good to know what's out there and you know what it's really nice for me to send because i know how i feel about my teas and customers that support me um a lot of them are still able to be honest but a lot of people still are gonna maybe be nicer than they need to be about it right uh, the good thing about business to business is that you're going to get a very, a more straightforward feeling or, yes. or explanation. And I really, really like that. Um, I like hearing people, people sometimes think that you don't want to hear critiques, like you don't want to hear criticisms. You don't want to hear criticisms, but as long as the criticism is thought out, I'm, I very much welcome it. Like I love Especially like if somebody's like afraid to tell me they didn't like one of my teas. Tell me you didn't like the tea and tell right. me what you didn't like about it. Uh, and it's not saying that you're wrong. It's just, let's explore it a bit. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it sort of keeps things level too. As far as like personal tea work and stuff, like I realized that like on a, just now that us talking, like, I'd say everything that I do as far as tea work and everything, like it's all super personal. Like, I think I yeah. haven't people that I've met on Instagram, like the connections I've made, um, just talking with you, like me and Binks, like I met her on 
Instagram and we started dating, like I, I, yeah, like I, I've met like people I can contract tea from. So, and it just seems like all this got really concentrated and ramped up, like once the pandemic happened and it's like the relate, I, I can't put really a thought or a feeling to it. It's just like, look, the community is just so awesome. Just so wonderful. Yeah. It, and it really sounds from everything you're saying that, that you have the building blocks to be successful. I mean, you already did, but like you're taking the right steps. I really, really think so. And it's, uh, your connection with people is you connect with people very easily because you are very no nonsense. Like if you say something incorrectly, it's purely because either you slipped, you didn't realize what you said or that you thought it was another way. But if somebody were like, Hey, this, this is actually this way, you wouldn't become combative. You'd say, Oh, Oh, I need to look into that. Right. Like it's, 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 it's really important to be able to take that, that criticism. Yeah. And, and I, you're right. I always look at the aspect of when, at least as far as when it comes to tea and talking with people that like the person I'm talking to might necessarily mo know more than I do. So it's always one of those things that I take, you know, I try and do research as best as possible. But if, like you said, if somebody's like, Hey, I think you're wrong about this and here are the factual evidence to like, or even like a viewpoint, I'm always like, okay, like, yeah, I can definitely admit when I'm wrong and look at things more critically. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny sometimes when somebody I get this a lot where somebody somebody catches something and then they think they're going to DM me and they're going to like school me on this thing and I'm going to get super defensive and I'm going to go, oh, screw <laughs> you. And, and and I'll just go like I said, I'll go, oh, oh, that's interesting. Right. I'll have to I'll ask a question or two and then I'll be like, all right, I'm going to look into that. And it, they get sometimes you can tell when it's somebody who actually has a question or it's somebody who just like wanted to try to get a rise out of you. Right. It's like, as soon as you start doing that, then they're like, Oh, never mind, Forget it. Whereas the other person would actually be like, Oh, actually try to understand things. Yeah. Yeah. God bless it, man. Well, <laughs> we just, uh, we, we've, we've come to the end of our, of our time today. Man, mm. it's such I, a great very, time. I very much appreciate you joining me again. Unfortunately, this will be the first time people see it. Right. It. <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually, the, the spot you're at is really cool. We'll definitely, you know, do another one again in the future. Yeah. If if people want to get a hold of you, probably Instagram, probably the best bet. Or... Yeah, Instagram at the, uh, the rabbit of tea. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'll do a last cheers to you and I hope that uh I hope that you stay healthy and happy and and humble. You too man. Thank you for having me. <laughs>